Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On the show, we talk about certainty, a topic that feels more important today than ever before, but all in all, always an important topic. Got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor, and he's got that shiny new plaque to show it off as well. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, we do this show because a wise man once asked a question. If you look at the last three years of your business by months and turn all the negative months into zeros, what would happen to your bottom line? That wise man is Dan Nicholson, a business partner of ours inside the Whale Club. And we're here to help you achieve financial certainty by rigging the game in your favor. I'm also on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on the show alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. If you get value today, please subscribe right now. That way we can all grow together. And as Paul and I are talking, it might sound like we're speaking a totally different language. That's okay. All we ask is that you keep the loop open, absorb as much as we can, uh, and then you know write your takeaways in a live chat uh, on the side. Uh, today's show, we're calling it, it is how we fell victim to the G.I. Joe bias. But before we get into that, Paul, what is your six-word update? Six-word update. I told y'all, Nuggets and Six. I don't like this guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, you know, Steve, apparently I found out that he has sealed up all of his tear ducts. He cannot cry. Cannot so cry. I tried to make him cry with Nuggets and Six, but it's just not possible. So Yeah, that was a very mean um, text message last night. Um, even pounding the Suns by 30 at halftime. So, man, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a nice win. Uh, yeah, it was a nice loss. Um, so... Mine is uh, the best laid plans don't work. And that is everything has to be right. The more things have to be right, the less likely it will. So we put it all on the line and putting all on the line. We knew we had no depth. And so Chris Paul would have to stay healthy, which was a certainty not going to happen. Ain has to not suck, which is a certainty not going to happen. Right, and we had to have a bench that would be like playing their best. Right, what's uh, what's that? What you can achieve and what you can maintain are two different things, and we needed yeah. to we needed Booker to average like sixty points a game to win the series, and well, that's not really sustainable. It's just achievable. So the right. best laid plans don't work. Well, that's so funny you say that. That's like, what a great case in point for system reliability. You know, the number of things that need to go right. I don't know why when you said that, but I started thinking about like four game, five game parlays. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, somebody's making a bet and they're making these, you know, four game parlay. It's like, well, what's more likely that you that you get one thing, you know, you, you make uh, the bet right on one game or that you get all four. Well, it's like, if you need four to go right, the likelihood of that all happening goes way down. Well, it's the reason why if you look at Kino, right? Like the game Kino, if you guys ever are in a casino like at lunch and you see this little thing on your table with like a red pencil and there's 80 boxes and you mark 20, um, it's statistically impossible. Right? It's like one in a trillion, right, to get all 20 right in Kino. But if you do, you win like, you know, like $100 million or something crazy. Every time someone's ever won Kino, um, they were convicted uh, of cheating the system. <laughs> like it's yeah. just that impossible to win it so yeah the more things have to go right the more they won't and we saw that with chris paul's health da sucking and uh, the bench being unreliable so anyway today's show um uh the how we fell victim to the gi joe bias so you know if you guys listen to last the week 
the show last week, we talked about the biases. And then the last bias we covered was the G.I. Joe bias, which is even if you know these biases, you'll still fall victim to it. I know I have over and over again, no matter how much personal development I go through and learn about these things I'm screwing up, I still continue to screw them up. So um, what is happening here, Paul, with the G.I. Joe bias? Uh, I think it just comes back to the the human mindset eats first, you know, system one brain eats first. It's like we we can't really fight our biology. We were given that biology because we we needed it. It was I say given it's like we evolved to have those brains Um, and we still have them today. It doesn't make any difference. Um, We we are still we have the same brain that we did thousands of years ago. And so, again, it's it's just hardwired into us. We have to deal with that and it always eats first. It always gets first dibs as Dr. Jeff says. So like our emotional side of our, of our brain is there. The fight or flight side of our brain is there to keep us safe. It just doesn't really serve us very well in business anymore. Yeah. This survival uh, instinct is great because it got us this far, but now we have to fight it uh, to continue growing. So um, I guess you and I fell victim to this. Uh, some time ago, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So what happened exactly about a year ago? Well, about a year ago, and shout out to the CCA. So I've, I'm holding up my new brand new CCA uh, Certainty Certified Advisor graduation plaque that I received a few weeks ago in Seattle. And I'm extremely proud to have this sitting up on my, uh, on my background here. But I was going through that program about this time last year, um, kind of coming at the very tail end of it. And CCA is a six-month program where one of the things that you learn about yourself are the biases, right? Your own biases. And I don't think I appreciated at the time how um, prevalent the GI Joe bias was in my life. Because again, what the GI Joe bias says is just is that you are subject to your biases, whether you know it or not. Um, so for example, Steve and I are going to talk about how, and you guys have heard us probably reference the framework case. So we, we think of case as a kind of a, an overarching way to approach problem solving. And anytime you're going to do anything new, we want to, we want to, uh, we always say make your case. So the, the C stands for collect a stands for analyze S strategize and E execute. And Steve and I, because we're so biased towards action and quick start and like that sounds like a cool strategy let's just go do it Mm -hmm. even though i was literally going through the cca at the time it should have been the most uh the best time for me to have spotted that bias showing up in my actions i still didn't and what happened was we ended up starting the whale club as a way to um build a business treasury as we like to say with blockchain and crypto and all this sort of stuff, right? It was the strategy that we had learned as a result of the underlying operating system. And so we went out and we basically built, I say built, like when Whale Club started, it's really funny. Like, I don't know if we've talked about this story on this show, but I basically just hit you up on Facebook one day Mm -hmm. and was kind of like, hey, you know, you don't really know me, uh, but I I need 15 minutes of your time because I've got this incredible strategy that I know how to do and I'm making all this money in crypto and I need to show it to you because I saw you talking about a bunch of 
crypto stuff, but mm -hmm. it was like NFTs and all sorts of stuff, in my opinion, that's not exactly as relevant, let's just say, as what yeah. I had to show you. And of course, you were like, oh, strategy? Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Let's jump right in. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Right. And so you, we, we learn about, you know, uh, building this treasury, right, with uh, using uh, assets on the blockchain, right? And say, okay, hey, like this is something that could be super exciting. And this is a, you know, part of my all or nothing bias is like, oh, I can go more or less to the moon with this. Now, not to the moon, but pretty aggressive growth, right? And so we look at this and we say, oh, let's, let's go really hard on this. Let's push this product or push this idea really hard. And as a matter of fact, the whale club was created, right? Around this idea, I was like, hey, let's go help other people do these same things. Mm -hmm. And so there was this strategy of like, hey, let's go do this thing. And we executed it pretty well, Yeah. right? I mean, I think right off the bat, I think you had like 10, 15 people like say, Paul, I like what you're doing. Show me more. How do I get started? Mm -hmm. Pretty quickly. What did, what did you do? Executed at a pretty high level. And then we realized, wow, we did a really good job of strategizing and executing. Mm -hmm. But we missed a couple of letters there. Yeah, and the reason, I, we missed the, the reason why we were su successful in that space. Mm -hmm. um, because what Dan and Nick and Randy teach in the CCA is not real estate. It's not crypto or blockchain or any of this stuff. It's an operating system for making good decisions and navigating whatever domain or industry that you're in. And we just so happened to find success applying that in the blockchain space. We also found a lot of success applying that in the real estate space. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it just speaks to how conditioned we are and how biased you and I are in particular right. towards that's cool and all. Just tell me the strategy so I can go execute on it. Yeah. So time, that's blockchain. So if you guys, you know, those, at least those of you guys watching live, right. If you've ever experienced this, like comment, let us know. <laughs> this whole deal where like, we know this about ourselves and we're even learning frameworks on how to, better prevent these things from happening. We continue to do it. And this is the GI Joe bias we're talking about. It's the GI Joe bias. And yeah. you know, what a great case in point that I, I literally just studied this stuff mm -hmm. and then went and did the ex exact opposite of what should have been done. Right. And what should have been done is what we're doing now. Because we are building this community whale club completely built on the certainty operating system. That doesn't mean we make perfect decisions every time. But what it does mean is it says the, and, and we use uh, in this case, for example, the investor frame, which says knowing what I know now. And we figured this out in about September of last year. Mm -hmm. From March to September, it was all about the strategy. Here's how to apply this strategy right. without really teaching the underlying why the strategy works and then we realized oh dang we made this mistake it took us like six months to realize that. yeah well and i think 
I just want to applaud your efforts here. So one thing that Paul's really good at is relationships. And so inside the Whale Club, you're constantly talking to the members uh, within the community, surveying and figuring out what's going on, what's going on in their lives, what's going on in their business. And that's how we were able to figure out, oh, they didn't come here for the blockchain part. Or at least that might have been what got them in the door, but that's not what really excites them. That's not what they are really interested in. What they're really interested in is how to make better decisions in their life, in their business, and so on. So we went to strategize and execute, and then we compiled <laughs> and, and analyzed, right? So that's S-E-C-A. That's, that's what we're pretty good at. S-E-C-A, but we got to do C-A-C-S-E. What's that? We talk every Sunday and like literally every week almost we find ourselves kind of making this. And I think that's, that's the benefit of having a shared language and a shared toolbox is you, you increase your odds. Let's just say of not spinning your wheels for as long, because at least you have other people who know your biases and who can point it out. It's like having someone to point out and be like, you got something in your, teeth right here you know like mm -hmm. you're, you're doing it again um right. and it's hard to see that spot in your teeth when you don't have someone else that can look at you because right. you just can't see it well that goes back um, to last week's show about how to identify your blind spots right the best way to identify yeah. your blind spots is to know someone else who understands the biases and is aware of your blind spots yeah get someone who's willing to point that out as yeah. well and a lot of people like can see it but maybe they uh aren't willing to like call you out on it. That's a, that's an even second, uh, different level of friend. Yeah. Right? Well, I was always that friend that would always let you know when you had a booger, always, always. <laughs> and it always pissed me off when I go to the bathroom later, I was like, how long has I been there? And why has no one said anything to me? <laughs> right. So yes, I am definitely that friend that will point things out. Uh, the other thing too is, you know, just thinking about how many things have we bought, right? From someone else because they're pitching this this strategy this success paul listen i've got this magic pill and it's going to solve all of your problems so what is it well it's this strategy and if you execute this strategy you're going to get all of these results right and there's very little analysis of what your actual preferences are mm -hmm. what your tendencies are it's just, Paul, look, here's the strategy, and you're going to have all that you'll ever need. And they're just taking advantage of human psychology doing that. Like, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's crazy because I never thought that that was me until I built a business that did that exact same thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? How did this end up happening? Yeah. I think it just speaks to like how conditioned we all are to like, I don't want to do the work. Just tell me what strategy I can go do so that I can uh, accomplish or, you know, have the identity that I want or whatever the currency you're trying to get more of. Maybe it's money. You're trying to, you know, get rich quick. Someone yeah. sells you a get rich quick scheme or strategy. Well, that's what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? They're not selling you the collect and the analyze phase. That doesn't sell quite as well. No. Um, as a fact, as a matter of fact, that. it probably unsells. We knew that yeah. as we were sitting here saying like, dang, I think we just, I think we just made a pretty huge mistake. Like we're, we're sitting here selling the strategy, but what we know is that 
strategies are very, when you say, when you said something, I was making this note, the guru that says, Hey, this, this strategy that'll solve all your problems. Mm -hmm. Like, again, they don't know all your problems. They don't know your preferences. They don't know your strengths and your weaknesses and things like this. They're just counting on the fact that you suffer from the same bias that Steve and I do, mm -hmm. which is like, just tell me what strategy I can go execute on. Right. And it naturally sifts itself out, right? The people that don't have the same problems that Paul and I have won't fall victim to it. <laughs> but the people with the problems that Paul and I have will fall victim to it every time. Or at least a lot of the times now. It'll, be, it'll happen less often. But we self-identify that we have these biases and then we buy their products, right? Mm -hmm. Because they know that we will strategize and execute, execute quickly. So, again, the reason why we're talking about this is that even though Paul and I talk about it, we still fall victim to it. So, if you're wondering these days why on the show we're not talking about blockchain so much, it's not that we don't care about blockchain. We find it uninteresting or don't have any... Uh, don't believe it has any weight. We still believe in it. It's just that's not what we want to talk about. What we want to talk about is how to find certainty, how to find clarity, how to make better decisions, how to figure out what is the best way to go. That is more interesting for us. If people want to go do blockchain, great, right? If you want to do something else, I mean, we're going to be talking about it for next week's show, about how I'm building my business treasury, right? Great. But just want to be clear here. We are still making these mistakes and we're doing our best to prevent them, but that's exactly what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we want to build in the open too, which means, you know, we're sitting around having, you know, again, Steve and I, we talk offline about how to build our business, what we do next. And it just kept coming up in conversation. We're like, you know, we haven't really talked about blockchain in a while. And maybe we just better address that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we better address so that, you know, everybody can understand it's not because crypto is in a bear market. Right. It's not because we don't believe in crypto long-term. I still have all my holdings. I'm still doing all the same things I was doing before. Nothing's really changed. First of all, because I wasn't trying to get rich quick in a year off of crypto. I right. see this as a long-term uh, investment. And I think what I just realized was we can't build a business doing what every other guru that we see does, which is just trying to sell you on their strategy. They figured out some strategy that they made money on mm -hmm. and playing their game. And now they want to teach it to you. Well, we wanted to kind of be the opposite of the guru, right? The anti-strategy yeah. group and teach people not necessarily how to get rich on a certain strategy, but how to identify the right strategy based on your, your unique preferences and disposition and skill sets and things like this, how to slow down, collect and analyze and implement this operating system mm -hmm. so that you can go apply it to whatever it is that you want. In our case, we choose to apply that to real estate. That's our macro belief, as we like to say. And there was just a dissonance in the way that we were building that business and we had to change. So we wanted to come on this show today a little and just share a little bit about that process and also shed some light on like the GI Joe bias, because man, it just shows up all the time in our business. And, you know, if you're listening to this and it resonates with you, um, just know, like, you're not alone. Like, just cause you know, you, you struggle with certain things. I got news for you. Unfortunately, you're still going to be subject to those things. So it's less about 
knowing it and more about implementing different tools and frameworks inside your life so that you can account for it. Cause it's, yeah. it's not about eliminating. It's about accounting for. Right. And you know, one of the things we talk about is, uh, this isn't necessarily a bias, uh, so much as a horrible habit, right? I am weak around tasty foods, right? So what do I do then? Well, when I was single, it was really easy. I just didn't buy junk food, right? If, I, if it's not in the house when I'm weak, it's no problem. Unfortunately, I've got kids, and they love junk food. So it's in the house, right? But then in the office, what do I have? I have snacks here that are healthy so that I'm not going out and picking up Jack in a box or Carlos Jr. real quick, right? I've got healthy snacks here to help me sustain until I go home. So those are, you know, how do I prevent bad things from happening? So I, I wouldn't say uh, a weakness for tasty foods is not so much a bias, so much as it's a weakness I have. I have incorporated the parenting frame to prevent bad things from happening. And how do we do that? And we're talking about how do we apply that with our business? Bad habits, right? And and just learning how to, uh, I have the same habit as well, except for mine is uh, chocolate. Mm -hmm. And like when my wife brings chocolate into the house, it's like I'm, I turn into this monster that <laughs> she's, it's like an hour later, I'm, I'm whining because my stomach hurts. She's like, yeah, you just ate a pound of chocolate, dude. Like what do you, <laughs> you know? So my, I'm always like, hey, you can't bring chocolate into the house because I have literally no control over this. And she's like, well, I do. And I'm going to eat some. and I'm going to eat a little bit every night. And I'm like, I guess you're just going to have to deal with a fat, out of shape husband for the rest of your life because I have no control around chocolate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so well, or she's not going to have a bite every night if Paul eats it in one night. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, going back to what we're talking about, you know, for us, again, strategize and execute. That's our tendency. You're an entrepreneur. I think that's most people's tendencies. So, you know, right now, you know, topics are really hot. AI, solar, or whatever, right? When someone's pitching you this, just think back. Is it strategy or do I need to collect first? Do I need to analyze first? Yeah. Um, we've all been there. First of all, let me like be the first to admit that was that was me in real estate was like jumping from group course mastermind jumping to all of them trying to figure out what was the next strategy that was going to help me explode my business and get to where i wanted because it's it's so much easier to just do that we think in our heads mm -hmm. but what we know is that the process is the shortcut so we're all looking for this shortcut i don't really want to do the work if i just learn this one strategy um not hating on it but creative finance is that like is sold as this magic pill mm -hmm. that like just add creative finance. You're going to do all these deals and all this cash flow and look at all these people who are doing these deals. And of course they're trying to make it seem like you're behind, like you're like, you don't know oh. how to do creative finance deals. Mm -hmm. Well, you better buy my course and I'll teach you how to do it. Right. And, and so it, you know, yeah, we're not we're we're not bad mouthing anybody per se, as we're just saying be aware of the messaging, right? Because I think you know what uh, we were talking about a couple other biases that we fall victim to, right? And again, just f f catching up, a GI Joe bias. We're, all we're saying GI Joe bias is that there are other biases you already fall tendency to, and you'll still fall victim to them, right? So we're gonna go we're gonna pick on Paul here, right? 
recency bias, FOMO, right? <laughs> uh, and then quick start, right? Like this, this go, let's move quickly. So when you hear these other things from other people, ask yourself, are you jumping on this? Cause you're afraid to fall behind. I don't have this strategy. Oh my God, I'm going to be losing all, all this money. Um, recency bias. Am I interested in this because it's always going to be relevant or am I interested in this because right now I'm hearing so much about it? Yeah. Land is what that is. Today. What's that? You, know, you hear all these people talk about land mm -hmm. and flipping land, land entitlements, all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And yeah, you know, again, immediately you're like, I should be doing land. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. I could make more money if I just found that strategy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to your point, like we're not bad mouthing the strategy. That's not what it is. It's just the order of operations, right? It, do it doesn't go strategize, execute, collect, analyze. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why it's called, you got to make your case for it. Yeah. It means you've got to collect. And when I say collect, that's a broad term. Collect information about yourself, collect information about your business, collect information about the life you're actually trying to build and the business that you actually want long-term. Um, because there's trade-offs to everything. So when you jump from strategy to strategy to strategy, trying to find that magic bullet, or how about this? How about marketing? You know, it's started off cold calling and texting and that doesn't work. So now we try direct mail and that doesn't work. So now we try SEO and that doesn't work. So now we try TV and radio and, you know, you're, you're just jumping from strategy to strategy to strategy, as opposed to saying like, what's the strategy that I'm going to like kind of make my stand on? How do I, um, I don't know how to say that, you know, going all in. Plant makes your sense. flag in the ground. Plant your flag in the ground, right? You, you go all in once you know the strategy, once you have a preponderance of data, as Dan yeah. would say. You have this preponderance of data. Now we want to just kind of execute, right? Execute on it. Yeah. But and I'm then... you know, jumping from marketing channel to marketing channel because I was just trying to find that magic bullet that was going to, eventually, you know, save my business. So some people, I've had a lot of people ask me to pass, how do you identify the mentor? How do you identify the people you want to learn from? Right. And what I always said was, well, study them, figure out that's the person living the life you want to live. What I failed to think about was take a step back. What do you want? Because I've always been pretty clear on what I wanted. Right. But to your point here, we don't even all necessarily know what we want. So step one is compile what you want, right? And then step two, including your biases and, and, and preferences, and then step two, whoever you're learning from, see if they're doing what you want, right? Like if someone is preaching a lifestyle, or let's just say you want to have a laptop cell phone lifestyle where you can do business anywhere, don't learn from a guy that's grinding all day every day. Right. If you want to have work life balance, right? If that's something that's important to you, don't buy the courses from the guy in the Lambo, right? With all the hot women around him. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hot women. I'm just saying maybe don't buy from that guy because he's preaching a different lifestyle than what you may want. Right. So I think part of the, the you know, before you buy that next secret strategy, Right, that the, no one knows about or FOMO. If you don't buy it now, you're going to miss out. Collect data about yourself, collect data about the other person, and analyze. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely don't make uh, – don't justify your your decisions on a certain strategy based off of what you see off of YouTube and social media because you're seeing the best, right? You're seeing the best. They're putting their best foot forward. That's not indicative of how is this affecting their relationship with their wife, right? Mm-hmm. What do their eating habits look like outside of this? Things that maybe matter more to you but you can't quite see on the surface. And so we fill in the gaps with our head. We say, like, I see this person doing this, and then you fill in the gaps of how that might apply to you, but you're not considering everything because, again, that's not what social media is designed to do. You need a community of people that can shed light on that sort of stuff. It's more personal, I think, and yeah. but we don't want to slow down and do the work. We just want to be like, I could make money doing this. I could see my myself doing this, so we're just going to go for it. Yeah, so we spent a good chunk of this today talking about how Paul and I have fallen victim to GI Joe bias again, right? Uh, we're going to try to do better. Uh, and last week we talked about, you know, all the existing biases. And I think we touched on it last time. Like, how do you prevent bad things from happening? So we have case. We just have to use it, mm-hmm. right, for Paul and myself. But maybe a little opportunity for introspection for everyone that's watching and listening. What are some things they can do to prevent falling victim to the GI Joe bias? I think I would sum that up as you need a forcing function. Forcing function means you need something that's going to force you to do it. Um, I was, I was talking with my uh, project manager. Uh, he's a partner of mine and a business that we have, and he got invited to come speak to a group of, of house hackers essentially about doing renovations in their basement. You know, one of the things that he struggles with, like I do, which is like, he's, he's kind of like, how do I say this ballpark? He likes to ballpark things, right? It's going to be about this much. It's going to be about that much. Why? Cause he doesn't like to compile all of the spreadsheets and all the information and stuff like this. And one of the things that, so he asked me, like, what should I what should I present on? I said, well, why don't you just ask them, ask them what they would what they would get the most value out of. Mm-hmm. And so he did and they come back. And of course, they were like how to ballpark uh, or how to like um, your process for estimating rehab or something like this, how to estimate rehab on a house hack. And he's like, oh, you know, I just ballpark most things. And I'm like, well, this is your forcing function. You're not going to get up in front of all these people and just babble about ballparking like you this is going to force you to have to do that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I look, I look for all these forcing functions all over the place. Um, how do I, you know, I don't really want to do something. So I force myself to do it. For example, my books, you know, Sonia, mm-hmm. she's my, um, I don't know, executive assistants, they're not the right word. She's much more than that. More like a director of operations now, but like I put her on my schedule now because I used to put this block on my calendar every week was like, review the finances. That's not going to work. And that didn't work. <laughs> you know, I would get there and I'd be I like, I could have told oh, you that I'll before you put that in your calendar. <laughs> I have to do like anything else. I will, I will do anything else. Like, so, so I added Sonia and I just told her, I'm like, Hey, you're literally your only job is to make sure that this meeting happens every week. Mm-hmm. Like that's the job for this meeting. I don't need you to do anything other than just show up. And if I don't show up, like, you get to heckle me until I get there to do it. And that was a forcing function for me. Mm. 
Um, Long-winded way of basically saying you got to find a forcing function for these things. Otherwise, your bias is going to creep in. And when it gets time to do that block on your finances and you don't want to do it and your biases start flooding in, you don't have a forcing function. You're likely going to fall victim to those. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And that's kind of goes back to like, again, cases effective for us. Um, uh, the impact filter, something I've used in the past, right? Like, why should we do this? Right now, if I have to sit down and if I'm willing to sit down and document why this is a good idea, that alone forces me to slow down and decide whether we should do something or not. Right. So that mm -hmm. impact filter kind of falls back in the case. But if you're not willing to take 15 minutes and write out why you want to do this, is it really worth doing? Yeah. Well, and that's where the professional skeptic frame comes in too. Not only why do you want to do this, but why should, why is this a terrible idea? Mm -hmm. You know, that one, I shy away from the professional skeptic frame a lot because again, I'm biased. I only want to see the good, mm -hmm. you know, and Dan says this all the time. Again, it's easy for accountants. Ha, accountants, accountants are wired to reduce risk, but yeah. most of us, you know, entrepreneurs, we're just not, we're wired the other direction. Um, Dan happens to have both wiring, you know, an entrepreneurial wiring and, you know, the, but he, he says all the time, if you can just eliminate the downside, focus on preventing bad things from happening. I know that sounds like a kind of a Debbie Downer way of looking at it, but if you can remove all downside, all you're left with is upside. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think of it as a defensive move. I think of it as offensive, but just you're playing offense against trying to beat the enemy as opposed to like only playing offense to try to get more. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, prevent it. Like this is where the frames come in. How do we prevent myself from doing this? I mean, just look at the sports analogy, right? If we prevent bad things from happening, only good things can happen. This is an extreme, right? But if you can pre prevent bad things from happening, instead of giving up a hundred points a game, this is hypothetical, right? Theoretical here. Instead of giving a hundred points a game, you give up five to 10 points a game in the NBA. Yeah. How many games would you win if you were only giving up five to 10 points a game? Mm -hmm. Right? You would be undefeated the entire season. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. We can figure out a way to prevent bad things from happening, reducing the downside. Then there's only upside. There's only good things, only accolades, significant accomplishments, uh, doing what you want on your own terms, playing your games and all that wonderful stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Again, forcing function then, right? So for everyone else that's listening, if you know your biases, figure out a way to force yourself to not violate these, your, your natural tendencies and biases. Yeah, I, I say this internally to the folks in our community all the time. The Whale Club community is like, Whale Club is a forcing function for me. It became a forcing function, which means because I spend an hour a week here with you, talking about all of these tools, these principles, um, these frameworks. I spend an hour every week on our whale calls talking about it. And I probably spend multiple hours a week just talking to members of our you know, community and working through challenges and issues that they're dealing with. And so, I mean, Whale Club could make $0 and it would still be a very, very valuable business for me because it's a forcing function that forces me to make better decisions in my real estate business um, because I'm spending a, a lot of time articulating it. I'm spending a lot of people uh, time around people who like you, who mm -hmm. understand language 
and I'm sort of problem solving out loud, which allows my friends and our community to point out gaps in my thinking. Oh, I think this might be one of those biases. Like, have you slowed down? Like, what does the data say? Mm -hmm. like, I don't have any data. I just heard it and I thought it was a good idea. Like, <laughs> well, maybe we, should, maybe we should start there. Yeah, maybe we should start there. And yeah, I mean, just to add to that point, right? Forcing function. So again, we're saying this is a value here, how to prevent bad things from happening, prevent yourself from falling victim to the biases. Another example of forcing function, not here to prevent a bias, but a, a bias, but a forcing function for myself is I've always learned better by teaching. And so the reason why I feel so qualified to teach real estate sales is because I get to teach real estate sales three, four times a week to the best operators in the freaking country, right? So being able to do this every week in, week out forces you to level up. So before we wrap up here, is there anything else we want to make sure that everyone that's watching and listening take away from today? I think the last point that I want to make is if you're like Steve and I, and you struggle with jumping right to, you hear some strategy. So, so I'm talking directly to the people that did just what I did, which is they jumped from course to course, to course, to course, to course, right? If that's you, you're probably caught in that strategized loop. And uh, the best thing you can do is to slow down and get clarity on your solvable problem, get clarity on your own biases, get clarity on what matters to you. We've got these different tools like the A-timer audits, you know, all sorts of kind of mental models to think through this stuff because most of us won't slow down to do the work. We'll just, again, uh, there's, a, there's a quote we say all the time, most prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It means we're sitting here jumping from strategy to strategy and we're miserable, but we're, but it's familiar. We're yeah. used to it. And it's much easier to just stay anxious and frustrated and jump from strategy to strategy than it is to stop doing that and slow down because it's uncertain what the path forward is. And somebody out there is going to sell you something you're very susceptible to the charlatans, the snake oil salesmen, um, as well as the good as the good people out there that have great products to sell you, but it's just not a great fit for you because you're not in any position to be making that decision because you haven't collected and analyzed anything. You're yeah. just trying to strategize. So if that's you, recognize that jumping from strategy to strategy is almost guaranteed to continue creating misery. It's the, it's the certainty of misery. So you can, there is a way out, right? Mm -hmm. There is a way out. The answer is to slow down and compile the information, you know, without it seeming like we have all the answers. There's a book out there that costs like 13 bucks. You can go pick it up and learn about this stuff. You know, that's, that's what we have to sell you right now. Go read rigging the game. Of course, Steve and I don't benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, and go check out realestatecertainty.com. There's tons of these different tools. In fact, I'm, I've been doing these uh, certainty strategy sessions with people. And I mean, the feedback is incredible. I'm just going to keep doing it until I decide I want to stop. Um, because I get it. It's a forcing function for me. Mm -hmm. So if, if you feel that, if you feel like you're jumping from strategy to strategy and, and you're trying to find that magic bullet and people keep exploiting that bias in you, you're not alone. 
I made that same mistake. I made it for years. Me too. I only broke the habit because someone was, was like willing to point that out to me. And they had a framework to be like, you see this right here, these four letters, C-A-S-E. You know what you keep doing? You keep skipping the C and the A. You're right. just jumping right to the S and the E. Why? Because your, your hard wiring is taking over in most of these cases. And you're looking for, you're so desperate for that way out that you're super susceptible to someone selling you something. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, the, and there's, there's no dopamines in the C and the A. Nope. There's only dopamines in the S and the E. That's right. Because we're addicted to dopamine. Yeah. Rabbits. So, yeah. No, no shame, no guilt here. We've all made this mistake. We have a process to help you overcome that. It's going to take time. Like, that's the thing. You, you want Most of us want the easy answer. Just tell me what strategy. We don't have a strategy to sell you. That's why we had to shift our business. Mm-hmm. Not a blockchain thing. It's not a creative finance thing. It's not a novation thing it's not a wholesaling thing it's not a development thing it's a you thing it's a learning how to align with your own you you beautiful unique disposition getting clarity on those things and then the strategies start becoming obvious in a lot of ways right right now you have clarity and boy does it make it so much easier to start aligning with that once you have it it's almost impossible you're just guessing. You're like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? Does this feel good? Does this feel good? Nope, yeah. nope, nope. And you just jump from strategy to strategy. Yeah, yeah. Not only the clarity, but what comes with it is the power, right? I think that's the power of knowing you and being you. There's so much power in playing your game. You know, I think one of the biggest things, you know, I, I shared this with Nick was that one of the biggest takeaways for me in uh, uh, going to uh, Grey Wolf Summit was that we all have permissions to be ourselves. And for whatever reason, we were looking for it externally. And what we're saying here is you have the permission. You don't need it. But if you don't have it yet, you have, to permit, you have permission to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we'll wrap up here. What's that? That's good stuff, man. Yeah, I I enjoy this because I'm just so passionate about it because and that's what this represents to me. You know, this plaque Mm -hmm. like I I carry this with so much pride because it this was what was responsible for for me breaking that cycle, learning that. Right. This is you're not you are the guy that prefers the certainty of misery. Mm -hmm. You would just rather keep jumping and blindly jumping around. Cause you won't do the work. You won't slow down. Once you slow down, I'm telling you it, the amount of clarity that you'll gain from that to collect this information and then proceed. It's going to be, it's going to be worth it. Take the time to do it. And if you haven't picked up rigging the game, go do that. If you haven't checked out realestatecertainty.com, do that. There's lots of great tools there. If you resonate with any of this stuff, set up a call with me. You can go to realestatecertainty.com and click the little, a 45 minute strategy session there. And I'll walk you through some of these tools, start implementing it into your life. Like tomorrow, uh, I'm not going to take the meeting tomorrow, but next week we'll do that. <laughs> and you can start implementing it next week. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. See you guys next week. Appreciate you guys uh, joining us today and appreciate uh, you guys listening to the podcast as well. See you all next week. <laughs>